ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the and to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional. memorial, family, and evangelistic service family members. My beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 513. If you will, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint. This unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single true non-fiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. The present and the future. Today, my beloved, we're reading Second Chronicles chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, it is an absolute joy, blessing, and privilege to be able to come before your throne of grace in a very real sense because you have paved the way for us to do so because of the sacrificial Passover Lamb of God Jesus Christ who suffered and bled and died on the cross for our sins went through our hell and was uh, and rose on the third day and then Lord you have invited us multiple times to come before your throne of grace and you want us to come boldly. Most of us, Lord, are uh, not afraid to come boldly, but we know we don't deserve the privilege to come at all. And so we are timid, uh, at least, about doing so. But I thank you so much for this glorious privilege to be able to communicate with you directly uh, through your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for hearing and answering thousands of my prayers down through the years. And Lord, I know you hear me now. And I pray that you would hear my prayers and the prayers of others who are in the words of uh, Doctor, I keep forgetting his name. Doctor J. Gordon Henry. Lord, remind me to look him up today. 
in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, when he said, he used to say over and over again, you need to get on praying ground. So Lord, help all of us to get on praying ground and help us, Lord, to uh, pray. Uh, and to pray without ceasing throughout this day. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, grant me your energy, your strength, your grace, your unction, and your anointing. Uh, and I thank you so much for this privilege to do what I do. To pray, to read your Holy Word, to teach your Holy Word, to preach your Holy Word, to preach your Holy Gospel. And Holy Father God, we pray that millions would hear it and come to know your Savior. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing. Thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At Second Chronicles chapter 2, verses 11 through 18. Then Huram, the king of Tyre, answered in writing, which he sent to Solomon, because the Lord hath loved his people, he hath made the king over them. Hiram said, Moreover, blessed be the Lord God of Israel that made heaven and earth, who hath given to David the king a wise son, endued with prudence, and understanding that might build an house for the Lord and an house for his kingdom. And now I have sent a cunning man endued with understanding of Huram, my father's the son of a woman of the daughters of Dan and his father was a man of Tyra, skillful to work in gold and in silver, in brass, in iron, in stone, and in timber, in purple, in blue, and in fine linen, and in crimson, also to grave any manner of graving and to find out every device which shall be put to him with thy cunning men and with the cunning men of my Lord David thy father. Now therefore the wheat and the barley, the oil and the wine which my Lord hath spoken of, let him sin unto his servants. And we will cut wood out of Lebanon as much as thou shalt need, and we will bring it to thee in floats by sea to Joppa, and thou shalt carry it up to Jerusalem. And Solomon numbered all of the strangers that were in the land of Israel after the numbering wherewith David his father had numbered them, and they were found in hundred and fifty thousand and three thousand and six hundred. 
And he set three score and ten thousand of them to be bearers of burdens, and fourscore thousand to be hewers in the mountain, and three thousand and six hundred overseers to set the people a work. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you so much for the richness of your holy word, no matter where we start reading. Lord, it is always a blessing to your saints who are truly saved and born again, and there's no other book like it. And I pray, however, Lord, that we would not be hearers only, but doers, and to love you back and enjoy obeying your holy word as much as we enjoy reading it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, service family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the White House family devotional reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 132. We're at Psalm 14.6. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor because the Lord is his refuge. Notwithstanding their real cowardice, the wicked put on the lion's skin and lorded over the Lord's poor ones. Though fools themselves, they mock at the truly wise as if the folly were on their side. But this is what might be expected. For how should brutish minds appreciate excellence? And how can those who have owls' eyes admire the sun? The special point and butt of their jest seems to be the confidence of the godly in their Lord. Isn't that interesting? Allow me to repeat that. And for so it is today. The special point. The special point and butt of their jest seems to be the confidence of the godly in their Lord. What can your God do for you now? Who is that God? Who is that God who can deliver out of our hand? Where is the reward of all your praying and beseeching, taunting questions of this sort they thrust into the faces of weak but gracious souls and tempt them to feel ashamed of their refuge. Let us not be laughed out of our confidence by them. I say amen. 
Let us scorn their scorning and defy their jeers. We shall need to wait but a little, and then the Lord, our refuge, will avenge his own elect and ease himself of his adversaries who once made so light of him and of his people. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you and we thank you for your holy word. Thank you for reminding us that we need to walk by faith and not by sight and not be discouraged by the jeers of the world and of Satan. Help us to stand firm on your holy word and stand firm on the promises of your holy word. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we now move over to our family segment. Uh, the Word of God in Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6, uh, verses I have dubbed the family verses where God commands the wife and tells her what to do. God commands the husband, tells him what to do. God commands the husband and the wife, tells both what to do in one verse. And God is very clear in what he has said. Then God commands the children as to what they should do. And then God commands uh, the parents, especially the father, as to what he should do. And then God informs us of how we need to deal with the devil as well as Christians uh, individually and as family members and in general. A very powerful passage of Holy Scripture. And so today, we are on our third day where God is speaking directly to the Father and yes, to the Mother as they are supposed to be one and she is supposed to be a help meet for her husband in raising the children. And by the way, if there's any area that she can really be a help uh, in, uh, is uh, it, it would be helping to raise the children. And uh, she should, uh, uh, she's not the main one responsible for the children, but she is uh, a big part of it and should be. This is why God wants all children to have a father and a mother. And uh, if, if for some reason there is no father, God will step in. And uh, so Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4 And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. I believe God is, is, is saying to the husband right off the bat, the same thing he said to the husband and commanded the husband right off the bat in dealing with his wife. As God is love, God wants fathers who represent him. God wants husbands who represent Jesus to be love, all about love. Loving their children, and having that motivation of love in their hearts, understanding that love does not mean, as we will see in this passage, and as we will see in a quote regarding this passage, 
does not mean not rebuking your children or even rebuking your wife. It does not mean uh, not chastising your children uh, as God has commanded you. Punishing them, chastising them, punishing them as well. And I live in a state that allows parents to chastise with corporal punishment. That's with a rod of correction. Glory be to God. They, they allow that in the law. Uh, and, uh, and that's a good thing. Uh, uh, however, as children get older, you, you have to use some of the punishments that law enforcement use. Uh, uses rather, and that is adult punishments. Uh, in most cases, in uh, law enforcement today, uh, they didn't. They don't do like they used to do. And now some com- some countries do, and and they'll get they'll grab a rod, a long rod. And, and whip you as an adult in public for doing wrong in society. There are quite a few countries that still do that. Flogging is what some people call it. <clears throat> uh, but most countries, most democracies, they use punishment, painful punishment, that in some cases is worse than a flogging and worse than jail. But they're, 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 it's all about taking, taking away privileges. You do something wrong that requires jail time, they're going to put you in jail. That's taking away the privilege of life, I mean, not life, but freedom in your life. You can't do what you want to do. In some cases, if you drive drunk, they'll, they'll impound your car and take your license. So you can't drive. Driving without insurance, they'll take your license, or they'll put you in jail, or they'll uh, they'll tell you take straight up, you can't drive the car. So we're going to have to impound the car. So we're going to take your car, and we're going to take your license, and, and we're going to see you in court. All that is a problem. They're taking away your privileges because you're disobedient as an adult. Glory be to God, and I love it all. It doesn't bother me at all. I I I, I love law and order, and peace, uh, and that's what that's what provides peace. Somebody has to be an adult. Somebody has to be an authority. And what's wrong with America today is nobody's an authority, and we condemn authority figures. We condemn fathers who try to raise their children, right? We condemn police officers and want to take away their money and all of this foolishness. I think we need more government. I, I, see, because, see, uh, uh, government is not a terror to uh, people who do right. I don't hate the government. I don't hate uh, police officers. Because uh, I'm, I'm striving to do the right thing. And, and the only reason why I'm striving to do the right thing, and I want you to get this little part, it's not a part of what I am talking about today so, uh, that much. But I want you to, I preached on it last night. Jesus Christ in your life will move you and motivate you to do what is right, people. I don't know where you got this idea from that Jesus is not about holiness, righteousness, and godliness. You got saved to be holy, righteous, and godly through Jesus Christ. You received him into your heart to be that way. It's by by the grace of God, which we read about last night. And the second coming of Christ and everything, the word of God and prayer and everything is designed to make you holy like God is holy. I don't know what, what, what you're talking about. That grace is all about you failing and falling into sin and being rebellious and stubborn and mean and hateful. I don't know where you get that from other than the, the devil in hell and your false pastor. Foolishness. 
No. If you're saved, you ought to be looking like you're saved, talking like you're saved, and acting like you're saved. That's what Jesus will do for you. That's what the grace of God will do for you. Time out. It is time out for all of this lying foolishness. Do you have any... Uh, we shall know them by their fruits, the Bible says. What Jesus said. That's what Jesus said. Okay? All right. So, I'm, I'm going to read the verse again. And then I'm going to share something with you that Dr. John R. Rice said about this verse. And I'm thankful for my younger son helping me to find this. And this is a big help uh, for an older person like me. I was in a doctor's office recently, and he's about, the doctor's about my age, and he had to apologize for taking so slow on the computer. I said, I understand. Anyway, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. First of all, love your children. Have a heart of love towards your children. There's no need to pick on your children, to mistreat your children, to be inconsistent with your children, to uh, favor other children over the other children. You're not a parent if you do that. I don't. I don't care. All this stupid talk, and especially some of you white folks, to my how you one child. Uh, This is your favorite child. No, you no, no, no. A child can have a favorite aunt, a favorite uncle, but you cannot, a parent cannot have a favorite child. That comes straight from hell. I don't know where you got that from. That is not a picture of how God is. God does not have any favorite children. God is not a respected person. You understand? You should not be. They may grow up because of their birth, uh, position and they think uh, that way or feel that way you make sure that that is not the case in your heart and they you know if they grew up feeling that way or whatever they got going through a difficult time and they feel that's on them you, you, you can pray for them you can reassure them uh, but you don't need to get down in the in, in the weeds with that right there if you if you are a godly parent there's no such thing as a favorite child that that's going to provoke your child to wrath mistreating children, you have three children who do what they're supposed to do, they get up, they, they get up early, they make their bed, they do their work, and our family must do ministry work, business work, school work, family work, every day, you got three, you got four children all together, one is evil and, the, and, and she does not do her job, you cannot let her enjoy the same privileges as the others, or him, Whoever he might be. My wife just fought it. So please excuse her. And that's the truth. I lie not. Move over there. Move. And apologize to the people. Now I apologize right now. That's my wife apologizing for doing evil while I'm trying to uh, preach the word and teach the word. She can't believe I did that, but I told her I would do it if she did that again. Anyway, uh, my dear friends, you cannot do your children that way. You got an evil child over here full of hell and the devil. They don't get up early. They drag everybody else down. They don't make their bed up. The other children do. Uh, She does not do her work. She never uh, reaches her quota, if you will. Uh, We have a certain goal that we must reach as far as the business work goes. And if she does not do her part, well, guess what? The other three are going to have a computer and devices and access to uh, that kind of a thing. And she will not, not in my household. That, that's a fact. Because I'm not, you know why? Because even though the other three love her and and they don't hate her, uh, and they won't say anything about it. They, they, they will never say anything about it. To her or to me or anything. But what happens is, people, when you do that, 
you you are allowing bitterness to be built up in the hearts of those other three children who are working their behinds off, doing their ministry work, business work, school work, and family work. See, and I, I and I'm never going to have them to throw that in my face uh, later on in life. I'm not going to do that because I know how I would feel. I, I've always wanted, even when I was a teenager, not even saved, I've always wanted a fair playing ground. Give me what you want me to do, and 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 I'll get it done. But don't be treating someone over there uh, with favor, and I'm doing my part over here every day. I I wouldn't like that. See. How come she still has a computer and she's not doing her job? It's going on for weeks and months. I do my job every day. And, uh, she, and, 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 and she doesn't do her job every day. Or he doesn't do her job every day. And you give them the same reward. No, no, no. You can't do that, fathers. And, yet, and yes, you need to be mindful of what's going on in your house. Well, I'm also I'm about busy working, and I'm out pastoring, and I'm out to making money for the family. So, well, who you know, your wife should help you with it, but you need to know what's going on. And God will give you wisdom, Father, knowledge, understanding, understanding rather, uh, discernment. He'll, he'll help you see right through things even quicker than your wife can. Huh? And don't be afraid to raise questions. Your, your wife may lie to you and say everything is alright when everything is not alright. And you need to have the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and discernment from God. You understand me? To go right through it like a ice-breaking ship. Just go right on through that ice. Find out what's going on. Because your children are going to grow up being angry and bitter at you because you did not provide a fair playing ground. And not only that, the, per the person who is evil, they won't be right ever if you don't rebuke them and chastise them. Watch this. People who do evil automatically, if they're not sick in the head, understand that they should be punished. And they're never going to be happy. They're never going to be a, 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 a good trooper, a good, uh, a good camper, if you will, if they don't get rebuked and chastised. I can't explain all of that to you. It's, it's built in. Is built in. All people who do evil know they deserve punishment. They deserve rebuke. Okay? So it goes, it goes both ways. It's good both ways. And you're not helping that child by letting them get away. And you are giving off the appearance that you favor that child over the others. And you can't do that, sir. Ma'am, you cannot do that. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Notice what Dr. John R. Rice says here. A plain command of the Holy Scripture is given in Ephesians 6, 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers are to bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. For fathers... Yea, parents, to chastise their children as necessary is explicitly commanded in the Word of God, the Holy Bible. <clears throat> parents.
parents act. Fathers, fathers act for God in punishing sin. By the way, just like the police do. And they're going to come back up in a minute. Watch this. Fathers act for God in punishing sin. This is very powerful. Very important. You must do it. In rewarding righteousness also. You reward those who do well. You let them have their privileges. And by the way, having uh, having a computer... With the internet is a huge privilege. I know you think it's a right. It's not a right. It's a privilege because you, in front of you in that little box, you have the whole wide world. Anything you want to research, anything you want to find out, any question you want to ask, boom, there you go. That's a beautiful thing to have in front of you. And it is a privilege. And if you don't do what you're supposed to do with it, and you are messing around and doing things you have no business doing with it, if you're under my authority in my house, as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord, you're not going to have a computer because it is a privilege. And I'm going to take your privileges away. And and you parents out there with teenagers and young adults who want to try to act like they're big and bad and, and all of that, let me tell you something. They would rather get a whipping than to have their computer taken away. Or their phone. Or their device. That's a fact. And I don't blame them. For fathers to chastise their children as necessary is explicitly commanded in the word of God. Fathers act for God in punishing sin, in rewarding righteousness and godliness and holiness, and in compelling the obedience of their children. That means, compelling means to see to it, that their children will obey. God, parents, the law, and uh, so forth. It is understood from other scriptures that a child properly brought up will not, when grown or near grown, be a rebel and a drunkard and a glutton and so forth. But if parents under the Mosaic law had failed to train a son or daughter for God and righteousness to the extent that later the lad turned out to be a rebel, a stubborn and rebellious son or daughter, and so forth, they should first chasten him thoroughly. And then when they have chastened him, if they find that he will not hearken unto them, they are to bring him to the elders of the city, to be stoned. It is true that we do not have the same kind of civil government today. Instead of bringing such, that is in America, because we're caught up with the American way, and much of it is foolishness, by the way. We need more authority, not less. May God help us. Uh, if that was the case, church, pastors, we wouldn't be out here marching against Mickey Mouse, doggone it. Uh, have you lost your minds, people? Anyway, um, if they find that he will not hearken unto them, if they find that she will not hearken unto them, they are to bring him to the elders of the city to be stoned. That's, that's how serious this is. <clears throat> you don't need a rebellious teenager or young adult in your household. Back in those days, if he did that foolishness or she did that foolishness, they took him to uh, the elders of the, of the city and they stoned him to death. Now, you, now you, know, you know that there's no stoning just for you know, for you to go back to the house. No, no. 
No, no, no. That's not corporal. Stoning is not corporal, corporal punishment. Stoning is the death penalty. You understand? This, this is not punishment. This is, this is. We, we, we're going to take you out for your rebelliousness, your stubbornness, and your foolishness. You don't want to listen to your parents. You can listen to this. You can listen to us. But you're not going to have a chance to go and, 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 and live it out. Because we're going to kill you today. If they find that he will not or she will not hearken unto them, they are to bring him to the elders of the city to be stoned. It is true that we do not have the same kind of civil government today. Instead of bringing such a son to be stoned, in these days, he would have to be left to the officers of the law and the courts. Parents who do their duty, beginning from the babyhood stage of the little one, and will never need, uh, one will never need rather to come to such an extremity. Still, the scripture plainly shows that parents should feel the desperate importance of discipline. All right. Hopefully, you got that. Take it and run with it. And obey God's word. And raise your children up for the glory of God. So that the police will not have to kill them. Because that's what's happening. Uh, we're not f following the uh, Jewish law, but that's what's happening anyhow. Young people are dying because you, parents, did not raise your children right. You turn out some heathen, and they don't want to act right. They don't understand uh, biblical authority. They don't want to listen to anybody, and so they keep on doing the evil, and they uh, threaten uh, police officers' lives, and, uh, and and that's why so many are being killed, black and white and red and yellow. This is not about Black Lives Matters. This is about respect and discipline matters. So let's pray now for others. Let's pray for families first. Those families that know Jesus Christ as Savior and those who don't. Holy Father God in heaven, as the rain is coming down today, we pray, Lord, for those families that don't know your Savior. And Lord, we pray that you would save them, revive those who are saved. And Lord, we pray that you'll help us all to pray for the salvation of those who are lost, for the revival of those who are saved, for the healing of the sick, for the comfort of those who are grieving. And Holy Father God, around the world, across this country, in our communities, in our churches, in our families, and in our lives. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for the for people who name the name of Christ. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, our faults, and our failures. Wash and cleanse our hearts, minds, souls, spirits, and consciences in the blood of Christ. Make us whiter than snow on the inside, and Lord, forgive us of our wicked sins of not obeying your great commandment and our wicked sin of not obeying your great commission. Lord, it is a tragedy 
Uh, Lord, when we think that we can call ourselves Christians and yet disobey your word. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins, failures, and faults. Convict those of us who are saved, save those who are not convicted. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, as the rain falls, Help us all to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to repent and to get our hearts right with you and to get back to you our first love. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would indeed save those who are in the ministry of government, revive those who are saved in the ministry of government, cast out the devil and the demons of hell out of the lives of people who have that problem in government and in churches and in families all uh, institutions of authority that you have set in place. <clears throat> and Lord, lead God and direct them to lead peaceful and quiet lives so that we can lead peaceful and quiet lives all around the world. We pray for the President of the United States and all of the people who are in positions of governmental ministry around the globe, even, Lord, we pray now for the peace of Jerusalem. And Lord, we pray for all Christians who are being persecuted in the world. Please deliver them, bless them, and protect them, provide for them, and Lord, give them your grace for their trying hours and their dying hours. And Holy Father God, we also pray Lord, for all of the people as we have prayed for the millions who are hurting from the coronavirus plague. Lord, I don't know why you have protected us from it, but I thank you for doing so. Thank you that we're not sick from it. And we pray that you would comfort those who have suffered from it. We pray for the family, and we pray for some by name. We pray for the family and friends of Washington State resident Constance Claire Ford. We pray for the family and friends of Arizona resident Josephine Colette Brown. And we pray, Lord, for the family and friends of Washington State veteran Richard Columbini. We pray for the family and friends of Washington State resident Anne Marie Edmonds. We pray for the family and friends of Washington State resident Gloria Mary Blair. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done, our Lord, in their lives and in ours. And Lord, we pray for uh, the new prayer requests that have come in. We dare not not pray for all of the thousands of other people who have sent in prayer requests. And thank you, Lord, down through the years for hearing and answering our prayers for others and for ourselves in the thousands of prayer requests. And Lord, we pray for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings, Lord, upon all of the people that we've all, we've ever prayed for. Thank you for giving us the mind and the strength to pray for others all of these years. And Lord, we pray now uh, these same blessings upon the few prayer requests we have today, we pray for William, please heal his mother's legs and keep and feet from cellulitis, infection, blisters, and fluid. Uh, 
take all pain and discomfort away, help her to sleep well. We pray for Michelle, please save and restore her marriage and family. We pray, Lord, for Marie, please give her perfect health, keep her strong, miraculously remove the black mold from under her house and for the house to be repaired, bless her with new clothes and furniture. Save the landlord and owner and guide them to make the right decisions and to do the right thing. Uh, take away all illness from her body and heal her completely in every aspect of her life, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially. Place strong angelic protection over her at night, protect her throughout the day, and uh, place a deep covering of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ over everything uh, in her life. Bless her indeed with perfect health and uh, money to buy a new house fully paid for in a good area. We also pray, Lord, for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel from this pulpit. Uh, we pray that you'll help them to grow in the faith and be the Christians you want them to be. Lord, people who have trusted your Savior, we pray for Camille, Sakur, Alexis, Peter, and Judea. And we pray for the people who have recommitted their lives to you. We pray for Angelic, O ye, Esther, Matthias, and Joyce. We commit these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend, if you are with us today, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world, these are the words of Jesus Christ, God so loved the world, that means that if you are in this world, God loves you. That he gave his only begotten son, God gave up his only begotten son to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for your sins. He shed innocent blood on the cross for your sins because Jesus Christ never committed a sin in word, in thought, in attitude, or in deed. Yes, you can have a sinful attitude. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son up to suffer and to bleed and to die on the cross for our sins, however, our lies, our stealing, our lusting after people and things, coveting after people and things, what other people have, our disrespect and dishonor and disobedience and having bad attitudes towards our parents, our uh, taking God's name in vain and so many other sins. These are just five of the Ten Commandments. If we have broke one of them, we have broken the whole law according to the Bible. Jesus died for all of our wickedness and all of our sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, he was speaking of himself, that whosoever believeth in him, the word whosoever means anybody at any time, the word believeth means to trust in, to have faith in him, Jesus Christ, should not perish, that is, you will not go to hell, but have everlasting life. So, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today so that you can be saved from the torments of hell. For the Bible teaches that once you die unsaved, if you die without believing in Christ, you will immediately wake up in the torments of hell. If you want to avoid that and wake up in heaven and in the arms of Jesus Christ, if you will, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ down here. For the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, 
and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever, whosoever, that, there's that word again, whosoever, anybody at any time, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven. It's very simple to be saved, very easy to be saved, contrary to what people will tell you. You don't have to be in a church building to get saved. You don't have to join a church to get saved. You don't have to get baptized to get saved. You don't have to give any money to the church to get saved. You don't have to shake the preacher's hand. You don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to walk down the aisle. You don't have to do anything to get saved, but believe in Jesus Christ and call on his name and pray and ask him to save you. And he will do so, my beloved. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So believe in your heart. Only you can do that. That Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose on the third day. Pray with me the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven. I acknowledge that I am a wicked sinner and I admit that I have broken your Ten Commandments. I have indeed committed some of those sins that were mentioned earlier by the preacher. And Holy Father God, I admit that I deserve to go to hell just like a criminal deserves to go to jail. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive me of all of my crimes and sins. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and uh, into my spirit and save my soul. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. And Lord, I, don't, I do not understand it all, but I thank you for it all. And I believe it all. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to truly repent of my sins past and to truly repent of my sins present and to turn from my evil life and to follow you, Lord Jesus, in the new life. For it is in your name I do pray Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart as your Lord and Savior, and you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it from your heart, I declare to you that based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible that I just shared with you, you are now saved from hell and you're on your way to heaven. Welcome to the family of God, dear friend. I want to congratulate you on doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ Jesus, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my book titled what to do after you enter through the door Jesus Christ said in John chapter 10 verse 9 uh, and this is what the book title is based on I am the door Jesus Christ said by me if any man enter in he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture ladies and gentlemen until next time may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer.